Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to mini episode 321 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have three spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from the 9th of November 2023. And story number one comes from Jen. I had written in previously the episode titled Black Spheres about the couple of times I saw ghosts when I moved to Massachusetts. I wasn't sure I'd ever be able to write in again since I haven't seen anything corporeal since but I have had a couple of possibly ghostly things happen, so I thought maybe I could share them. The area I used to live in in Massachusetts had old textile mills that were made over into apartments. We all joked about the buildings being haunted by the old mill workers, but I wasn't serious about it. Two of my best friends shared one of the apartments. It was a cute little one-bedroom apartment with high ceilings, but I really disliked hanging out there mainly due to the way their hallway made me feel. When you entered the apartment, you stepped into a long hall that ended in their kitchen. Then you would turn left into the rest of their home. I hated walking into or leaving their place, as I had to walk along that dim little hallway and feel the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I had the sense that someone was watching me and really did not want me there. I'd chalked it up to me possibly being a little bit weird. But my friends had a couple of dreams, maybe visions, of a hag-like old woman hanging around them as they slept in their bedroom. Being a practicing witch, I made them a little spirit-be-gone pouch to hang in their apartment, which, according to them, worked. No more hag lady hanging over them. There was also the shadow I swore I would see rounding the end of the long hall of apartments, which led down to the second floor lobby. I'd be walking down it after leaving their place and swear that there would be someone quickly darting around the corner. I didn't think much of it initially, but there was never the sound of any footsteps on the creaky floors but my own, and there wasn't anyone waiting at the elevator. I tried to talk myself into believing it was just my eyes playing tricks on me, but I didn't see the shadow every time, only sometimes. If it was my eyes, wouldn't I see it always? I think we were all glad when they moved. Other than occasional odd feelings, I think the next couple of instances stand out to me the most, as they have to do with my personal loved ones who have passed. I've lost three of my four grandparents at this point. I was really close with both my grandmothers. One of my grandmothers collected teddy bears, something that makes me feel very connected with her, as bears are my favourite animal and I love teddies. I've ended up with a couple of these teddies, one of which was with her at the nursing home. 
It's a fuzzy little guy that says things when you squeeze it like, now I'm ready for another hug. A couple of years ago, I'd squeezed the bear and realized his battery was running low and he sounded mildly terrifying. I made a mental note to change it at some point though. I wasn't sure it would be easy. I might have to rip into a seam to get at the battery pack. I was careful not to hug him after that since he sounded like an evil little gnome. One day last fall, I was sitting in bed reading and I heard a little voice say, You're softer than you look. I was startled. I looked around my room and then realised it was the bear. But I wasn't touching it, nothing had moved. The cats weren't even in the room with me. The bear was sitting in this old laundry basket that holds my stuffies. I slowly got out of bed and just looked at it. Ah, finally someone to hug me. I moved a couple of other stuffies out of the way and picked the bear up. It's not every day I get a big hug, so thank you. If I had felt even the slightest bit off, I would have chucked it across the room. But I was strangely not afraid. Surprised, sure. Mildly weirded out, yes, but not scared. Grandma, I said into the air. The bear didn't speak again, not until I hugged it. That's when I realised that it had sounded normal the entire time. It no longer sounded like a dying demon with its batteries low. I picked up my phone to text my best friend about this and realised it was my grandmother's birthday. And that was about when I had a good cry. I think she just wanted to say hi. My other grandma had been a lot like a second mom to me. I was devastated when she passed. She'd been a very devout Catholic in life and tried and failed to instil that faith in me. It had been about five years since she'd been gone and I was knee-deep into my spiritual journey into paganism. Grandma had been on my mind one day, a day where I had been working on my craft, and I was deep into my feelings, thinking that, though my studies were bringing me joy, I was pretty sure she would not approve. As I was really focusing on this line of thought and wondering if she was looking down at me and was angry or really disappointed in me, I walked into my bedroom to get something. And that was when I saw a heart on the floor. Not a real heart. It was a rose quartz heart. A rose quartz heart that I had misplaced a few months before and had torn the house apart looking for. And now there it was. Sitting next to the end of my bed. Like it had been set there carefully. Maybe it was a coincidence. Maybe it was the cats kicking it around. But I swear on everything. I think my grandma put it there to tell me that she still loves me anyway. They're not really spooky, but I think they might be something. Jen, I think they might be something too. I think in general, the hallways and stairwells and stuff of apartment buildings, they're a little bit spooky. I think in general, they're quite, they can be quite bare and they've always got that really cold, harsh lighting. There's generally a flickering light there somewhere too. So I think they're quite spooky. And obviously adding shadow people to that makes it even more spooky. And I think that that human good instinct is so super powerful. And I mean that in the paranormal sense as well as the general real life physical sense that when you walk in somewhere and you feel like something is wrong or you feel like a person is giving you bad vibes, that is your body's way of telling you you're not picking up on cues consciously, but I'm telling you something here is really wrong. Something is watching you. Something is out to get you, whatever it is. I think those intuitions are often are often very important and very powerful and very, very right. Especially if it was taken the form of what your friends described as a hag-like old woman. We know from years of podcasting that, that she brings nothing good with her. Nothing good. 
Although I do quite like the idea of a spirit be gone pouch and I really like the idea of it working. I do think it's really sweet that your grandmother collected teddy bears. One of my grandmothers did the same thing. She collected teddy bears and porcelain dolls, which was very sweet. Definitely some people's idea of an absolute nightmare for real. But I think it's a really cute way for your grandmother to be able to communicate with you. Like you obviously both loved bears and it's lovely that you were able to end up with a couple of those after she passed away and what a beautiful way to communicate with you from the beyond I mean granted it could have gone terribly wrong and you could have been absolutely petrified and set that teddy on fire and threw it into the great abyss but you didn't so that's always a good thing and I'd like to think that you know even though your grand your other grandmother was a devout catholic I'd like to think that when she passed away like wherever you go when you pass away I think I'd like you'd like to think that you'd sort of put those differences aside that even even if you're a devout Catholic in life and say she's looking looking at you alive and thinking oh she's deep into paganism I'm pretty sure she'd probably be thinking she's not doing any wrong she's looking after herself it's bringing her joy and I think you're probably right I think that little heart in the floor was her way of telling you that listen I love you, I'm here for you and I'm glad that this is bringing you joy. I like that you caveated that it wasn't a real heart because that would be, that's that's badass. If if your dead Catholic grandmother leaves a real heart in the middle of your room, that right there, that is a sign and a half. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And strain number two comes from John. I'm a big believer in the paranormal and things that go bump in the night. I've quite a few stories of things that have happened to me and ones that have happened to my nan and gran that they would tell me often. I've always considered myself a little sensitive and can pick up on when spirits are about. I'm actively trying to increase this so I can make contact properly. When I was about 12 or 13, my parents and I moved into a smaller two-bed house as my sister had moved into a place of her own with her kids and my brother was in the Navy. In the back garden was a high brick wall and some of our neighbours had told us that the houses we lived in used to be where the servants lived and the wall was there to stop the people in the big house having to see them. The day we moved in, I instantly got a feeling that we weren't the only ones there. My sister, who will deny she gets a sense for things, helped us move in and said to me as we stood in the kitchen unpacking boxes, there's something in this house. To which I just said, yeah, I know. 
I didn't get any feelings of dread or worry, but more of a peaceful feeling. I didn't think much of it and just knew if they wanted to make themselves known that they would. I wasn't going to push them. We needed time to get used to each other after all. We'd been in the house about two months and mum and dad were going out. They asked if I wanted to go and being the typical teen, I said no. Mum asked if while they were gone I could do the washing up and give the downstairs a quick hoover. Needless to say, I was too engrossed with the game that I was playing to do this. I had no idea how much time had passed, but I heard my name called from downstairs. And not the shortened version, but my full name, and it was a woman's voice. Shit, I was in trouble. I'd not done anything that I was asked to do. I went downstairs ready to apologise to mum, but no one was home, and there was no car in the drive. I shrugged my shoulders and went back up to finish my game. No sooner had I got in my room than I heard my full name again. Jonathan! But this time a little louder, like someone getting annoyed with me. Back down I went and no one's home. I walked out the kitchen at the back of the house, through the dining room and went up the stairs. The stairs went up and then formed a little landing turning to the right before going up to the two bedrooms. My feet hit the little landing and from the bottom of the stairs behind me, I heard clear as day, Jonathan! (sighs) And a long sigh. I just knew it was our house spirit trying to give me a kick up the arse to get me to do what my mum said. I went back downstairs, did the washing up and hoovered too. I didn't hear anything the rest of the day. But if my folks ever went out and I was asked to do something, I would always hear her call me if I was taking too long to get my butt in gear and do what I'd been asked to. She was only ever around when mum and dad were out. I also knew when she had walked into a room, as I would get a warm, peaceful feeling and almost like a little electric tingling feeling through my body. I knew there was nothing to worry about, but told my parents anyway. I got told by both of them that I had an overactive imagination and it was all in my head. We had, at this point, been in the house for about six months. I never said anything to my parents about it again, until the second week in October. I'd been asleep and woke up abruptly, crying my heart out and completely inconsolable. My mum heard me and came into my room. She asked what was wrong and I said I didn't know, but I just knew it wasn't my emotions. Mum told me it must have been a bad dream and to try and go back to sleep. This happened every night that week, but I would try and stay quiet so as not to wake mum and dad. The week passed and I went back to sleeping absolutely fine and the spirit went back to being the same comforting presence she always was. Then, the next year, the second week of October rolled around and again I was woken up at night completely heartbroken and sobbing like the world had ended. It got to the point that when that week would be coming up, I'd make plans to stay with a friend or at my sister's. In the end, I got up the bottle to sit and ask the spirit some questions. I found in a book that I had that yes-no questions could be asked with a candle. For yes, the flame would get bigger and for no, smaller. I knew, and to this day still know, that there was no draft in my room as the windows were new and I'd put a towel at the bottom of my door. Mum and Dad went out, and now it was time to get some answers. I sat on my bedroom floor, put the candle in its holder and lit it. I asked first off if the spirit minded me asking her some things, and the candle flame shrank. No, she didn't mind. Start easy, I thought. Ask some things you know first. Are you a lady? The flame grew, yes. Did you live in this house when you were alive? Again, yes. 
did you work in the big house? Yes. I then asked, were you a nanny? Did you look after the children? The flame got quite a bit bigger. I then asked if she had children of her own, and again the answer was yes. I asked if it was her making me cry. The answer was yes. I told her I didn't mind her doing that, but just not every night that week in October, as I had school and I needed my sleep. I don't know if it was instinct or something else that made me ask the next question, but I then said, Did something happen to the children? Did they pass away? And I shit you not, the candle blew itself out. It was like it was too painful for her to answer, but I just knew in my heart that the answer would have been yes. We lived in that house for eight years. The nanny would still wake me up the second week of October, but not every night as I'd asked. A few months after we moved out, my dad confessed that when we had been boxing things up, he sat on the bed one morning to put his socks on and he felt someone sit down on my mum's side. He turned to say something to my mum, but no one was there, just an impression on the duvet of someone sat on the other side of the bed. He told me this once and then never again. The nanny, as I always called her, as I never found out her name, was always such a loving presence and I knew she was there to keep me safe and get me to do what I was told. To this day, I really miss her and wish she was attached to me so that she could have stayed with me forever. I know she's still in that house where we lived, as whenever I go past it, I can feel her. It's like she's looking out the window and waving to say hello, and I always wave back to say hi. First of all, the concept of building houses behind a high wall so that the rich people in the big house didn't have to see the servants always blows my mind. (laughs) I know it's a really stupid thing to get hung up on and I'm very aware of how servants were treated at various times throughout history. But even when I'm watching like period dramas, I'm still always like, God, rich people were such dickheads to their servants for the most part. I just find it absolutely bizarre. But I do genuinely think it's lovely that you felt so comforted by this spirit and she was such a calming and influential presence in your life I also love that she's kicking your arse into gear and being like excuse me chop chop your mom asked you to do something you've got to do it I wonder if because you were the child in the house she just reassumed that nanny position and was like you've been asked to do something by your parents so you have to do it and I'm going to keep annoying you until you do it and it's probably why you were so impacted by her she must have felt quite connected to you And I wonder if deep diving into the birth and death records of the local area, particularly for the big house, would help you to figure out what happened in that second week of October. Because it sounds like something happened in that second week of October, something that was enormous. Maybe like the candle said, maybe like the death of a child. Something that profoundly impacted the nanny, that she's still feeling those feelings through you all those years later. I think it's very sweet that she was able to get those emotions out and that you felt so safe and comforted by her. And story number three comes from P. So you talked about not believing in mediums, which I get, some are total con artists. When my now husband and I had just moved in together, his parents bought us tickets to a mediumship evening at a local theatre. His mum is from a long line of travellers, and this is just the first of two stories to do with her. Anyway, we settled into the night. Many emotional readings. Out of the blue, they started talking about suitcases, specifically old tan-coloured suitcases, which had recently been lent out and the spirit wanted them back with the lender. This spirit had a name beginning with M, but was known as the short form. 
My mother-in-law put her hand up. The suitcases were oddly specific, you see. Mum had given them to my husband to move his stuff with. They had been her mum's. Her mum was Margaret, known as Mag. That night, those suitcases were promptly returned, but not with Mag in tow. She is still with us 16 years later. My second mother-in-law story, much older, not her story. She was a nurse when she left school and after training she moved to a small seaside town to work at what was basically a cottage hospital. It looked after geriatric, terminal and A&E patients. I spent more than a few hours there in my youth. One night there was a lull in the busy shift and one of the nurses produced a Ouija board to have a go on it. You would think that a traveller blood person would stay the hell away. Nope, not mum. They got a few responses, but nothing major. More like someone forcing the planchette. Out of nowhere, they all see one of their elderly end-of-life patients fly through the room and into a cupboard. No word of a lie. I burst into laughter hearing this. They leave the Ouija board to go and check on said patient, but the patient is in bed asleep. They didn't close the session, bear this in mind. Two days later, mum's on a day off when she gets a call to say that the patient had passed away. It wasn't unexpected, but the nurse who had brought the board didn't get off so easily, and it's why mum will not tolerate one in her house or anywhere near her, even ornamental, on tea towels or dishes, etc. I actually went to one of those medium nights, maybe last year, the year before. I went, But I went to one in a spiritualist church here in Canterbury, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to go for a look, you know, and if anything, I can get some content out of it. But I actually found the whole thing very moving. So I decided not to try and make content out of it. You know what I mean? I found that there was a lot of people there who were searching for something, who had lost people, etc. So I felt like I can be I can be quite acerbic and critical sometimes without even meaning to be. And it just didn't feel appropriate to do that in this situation. So I'd kind of like to go to one of those mediumship nights and just, just to see what it was like. But you're right, that is very specific. If I was sitting there and I heard... You know, Mag wants those suitcases back. I'd be, you best believe Mag would be getting those suitcases back. I'd be like, no, not taking that risk. Have them back. Enjoy them. Keep them. And honestly, if I was working a night shift and somebody produced a Ouija board, I'd be quitting my job there and then. No way. Not a hope. I'd be like, why are you bringing that to work with you for? What are you hoping to achieve with that? Thanks very much. People are wild, honestly. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Jen, John and P for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came for the 9th of November 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to Podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Rory and Kid here from the award-winning podcast, This Paranormal Life. Every week we investigate a paranormal story and decide if it's real or a hoax. Like the time a guy claimed he punched Bigfoot. Or when a UFO showed up at a football game in front of thousands of people. Each episode has sound effects, music, and storytelling that feels so real, you'll never sleep again. You will. Stop it. You're going to scare away new listeners. Check out This Paranormal Life every Tuesday, wherever you listen to your podcasts.